From the city of Beaky Blinders, Birmingham, England, I would like to introduce you to Paddy Dandar. As the world becomes more automated and the robots take over, it's imperative that we build the right human skills for the future. So pull up a chair, grab a smoser or two, and make yourself very uncomfortable. So Casey, I'd love to know what superpower you're going to bring to this particular episode. Actually, my superpower is Athlete Foundry because of the empowerment that we're on a crusade to provide families across America. Oh, okay. Athlete Foundry, tell us more. If anyone has not been on your website, hasn't heard about it, what is it all about and who's it for? Yeah, Athlete Foundry is a education technology. We're an education technology company, Athlete Foundry. Our platform is about empowering families uh, across America that have kids that play athletics. So the U.S. is a unique athletic system unlike anyone else in, anywhere in the world where our athletics are connected to the school system education-wise, so student-athletes. So in our case, what we call middle school and high school, which is secondary school system, if you will, we provide students, families, parents of student-athletes, a 6th through 12th grade roadmap, detailed roadmap, comprehensive roadmap that lets them build what we call their most comprehensive athumademic resume, which is athletic, academic, and human, the three pillars we define every kid into to build a holistic version of themselves that lets them increase their odds to be a, a collegiate athlete somewhere uh, in America. There's over 1,900 universities across America with an athletic program. I'm personally convinced, I don't care what size you are, what current athletic ability you might have, if you've made your mind up, commitment, there's a spot for you somewhere. Absolutely committed to that, but you have to put the work in. There's no magic button to success. I wish I had that. Yeah, I, I'd be retired. Well, not retired, but you know, I would love that magic button to success. There's a pill you can swallow. So you got to put the work in, but what families need and the frustration is that they need a map. They, everyone needs a map in their journeys in life, just like we use it, whether you're driving and use a, a nav system on your phone. Well, we all need maps. We love maps. How do I get from this point to this point along the way? And that's what we provide is this roadmap, powerful roadmap that's self-managed by the families that really lets them organize their life's journey all in one spot. So they're athletic content and their academic content and understanding of eligibility along the way in terms of grades all in one spot. So we unify athletic and academics. Think of from a NASA analogy, it's mission control for the family. That's what we do. And, uh, you know, the question of maybe I'm going to lean forward here and say, uh, how did I, Casey, how did heck you get there? You know, from NASA Navy, that's a great question. And that is the, I, I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur, never envisioned to be an entrepreneur actually originally. As I said, I was, I was destined, I was going to be an astronaut. That was my thing. And as I continued to continue to try and got in deeper in research, I discovered that I became more perplexed at the system, if you will, right? The big thing called the system, you know, follow the system. It'll take care of you. False, wrong, it won't. So I always charted my own, I had my own uh, drum that I was beating, of course. So I uh, continue to apply. Parallel to that, I, of course, am in the U.S. Navy, 20, uh, 21, 22 years now, active and reserve. So I jump back and forth, leave NASA to conduct deployments uh, with the military and come back. So I had a, a year-long deployment in Iraq and a year-long in Afghanistan, chain life-changing deployments for me. The Iraq deployment had come so close so many times to not coming home that it made me reevaluate my life's purpose. You know, I had this sort of life awakening moments, if you will, just because of things that I had seen and done and been part of and fortunate to come home. 
to my kids and many aren't and did not. My brothers and sisters did not, but it made me realize that one, I'm convinced I'm put on this earth for something big. I thought I was being an astronaut, but maybe someone's telling me there's something bigger than that. And I have to have patience, which is uncomfortable. It was scary, of course, because all I knew was my passion was astronaut. That's it. What do you mean that there's something else that can't be true? I'm, I'm, I'm in denial, but I had to have patience. I did. And went, came back from Iraq a year later, got redeployed to Afghanistan, uh, had some tough, uh, tough challenges uh, there as well. Casey, you, you mentioned, you know, you, you came close to not coming back at all. Like what was some of the, or one example of a really scary situation? Well, probably the first week I was there, the first couple of days where I was stationed in, where we're staying just within the first few days, rocket attacks are normal. Uh, unfortunately, that sounds like it shouldn't be. It should be normal, but it was. So first time uh, in country there and, and within a few days where I was staying at these little trailers, we were staying on this compound, uh, get a missile warning alert comes in and, you know, reminds you of World War II movies, if you will. First time come across this, it's no kidding real. It's not a Hollywood movie. And realizing, oh crap, I, you know, have no idea where it's going to land. It's a, clearly it's a targeted towards our, our location. So we, it's too fast. Things happen very fast. So you basically have a few moments to do one of two things. Either say, I'm comfortable with leaving. I did my best in on this earth and I'm going to leave my family. It's going to be tough. I won't see my kids. I won't walk my daughters down the aisle. And, but I'm content. You know, I, I did what I could. Or you fall into the hole of fear and you basically have an, an attack. One of two things have to happen. You just get scared and you can't come out of it. You can't recover or you just simply get comfortable and say, you know what, if it's my time, it's my time. This is what I need to do. And you move on. I chose the latter. I chose to, to accept it in those few seconds, heard the rocket come over and it was getting louder. And I realized this was probably going to hit me or us in the area. Fortunately, of course, I'm here. It went right over our heads and just landed just a couple hundred yards um, off the base. Huge explosion. You know, that, that was my first encounter with, with my tour there. So, you know, that's one of several that I had to, had to kind of recognize that this is going to be a normal thing and I can't control where that missile goes or that rocket, but I'm going to do my job, do my part and recognize that it makes me realize that every moment in life matters, every interaction matters. And that I want to make sure that I don't get into, which we do is into the mundane of the day-to-day -day life of my family here. And I do have to remind myself even today, pause. And I just stare at my kids and they, they think I'm of course weird, but I do stare at them and I stare, they don't know why. And that's the reason why I stare at them is because I want to make sure I have a good regular snapshot pictures in my head of them. Oh, no, I, again, I've got two young kids as well. And God forbid, I've never been in a situation as dangerous as that, but it does change you as a person when you have children, doesn't it? There, there's a, there's this extra responsibility. And, and I think purpose then becomes a big part of what you do as an individual, because I want to. I want to create adventures that when I'm gray and old one day, or well, some people say I am there right now, <laughs> but when I'm on that sort of rocking chair and the grandkids are sat there, be able to share some stories. I mean, you've created some phenomenal adventures already. I'm sure you've got a lot more ahead of you. Mm -hmm. And going back to Athlete Foundry, so if I've understood it correctly, 
you're helping individuals, young people who are looking to go on to a sports career of some sort. In college. In college. And yeah, not, not a pro. Right. And you're giving them a blueprint, a roadmap. That's correct. Get there. And That's exactly right. And I, I guess in terms of that as a service that you're offering, how important is that for people? I mean, you've obviously helped lots of people. Like, can you share some of the stories, some of the success stories? Yeah. So our, our platform is still relatively uh, new, new. We've only launched two years now, but I can tell you that certainly the statistic wise, over 80% of the parents across America do not know the basic steps uh, from sixth to 12th grade of athletics for their kid. So simply by following our roadmap or blueprint, if you will, puts you ahead of the 80% automatically just by doing the roadmap itself. That itself and having athletic and academic in one spot, organizing their life, if you will, has provided tremendous feedback from comfort and reduced anxiety and, and understanding that, okay, I, I as a parent can handle this, especially single parents, for example, lots of single parents, uh, single moms that feel like they, things are chaotic and hectic and then life is for them. We provide that sense of comfort a little bit to know that they can definitely handle this, that the system is not going to be against them. We want to help empower them in a way that, that they should be empowered. So, so that absolutely is the, the feedback is to help kids see. And the idea here is, you know, vast majority of kids across America are of a lower income, if you will, not poverty, but you know, they're just challenged with financial resources. And so what happens in the mindset of people is, well, if I don't have the money, Society has taught me that I can only be a collegiate athlete if my parents are rich or I have, my, I have this sort of resources and network, which is false. Unfortunately, that narrative feeds into the kid's motivation. So now they're not motivated. Oh, well, you know what? It's against me. A system's against me. I grew up in a small town in America. There's not a lot of resources. No one really cares about us. And man, this is hard. Like I have to have expensive equipment and gym and all this great stuff. Everything about that statement is wrong. It's false. But it's the narrative that they think. So we want to empower them, no matter where you live, to lift them up at the same level of someone that may have all the resources, and they too can do it. This is not about creating you know, a super specialty rocket scientist at the end. It's about it, and letting you know that hard work matters, consistency matters, and you don't have to do a lot, actually, as we started this conversation off with, to present that. If all you do is, let's say, 15 minutes, 30 minutes a day, of some specific, I'm just going to pick an athletic example of workout on your own, just on your own. You're just working on your own. You don't have to have a gym. You go to the backyard, you go in the front yard, wherever it is. There are absolutely, I call it Spartan ways to, to use natural resources and work out and present a great growth um, opportunity in everything. you do. That's just an athletic example. There's more in your control than you think. That's the other narrative. Way more in your control than you think. There's 10 attributes that, call it, that uh, sort of define a student athlete. Nine of the 10 are in your control. The 10th one that's not in your control is playing in a game. If you're on a team and playing in a game, guess who has that control, unfortunately? One is the coach. He may or may not play you, or she may not play you, so you can be benched. And if you do play, guess what? The opponent has a vote. You may not score the score because the opponent has a vote. So the coach and the opponent have votes. Well, outside of that one, all the others are in your control. People don't know that. They, don't, they think they're just so focused on the athletic component of playing, 
that they say, well, my coach didn't play me and I don't have much time. So, you know, it's done. It's over for me. Wrong. And so if I may go back to one piece of just finishing the story of how I got to Athlete Foundry, that, as I said, in Afghanistan, I got this email of a lifetime, which would have been a phone call in the U.S. is I made it to the final round of interviews for the astronaut program. So now I had to find a way to go from a combat to an interview of a lifetime and then back in 10 days. So that's a chapter of a book. When I write one, humbling journey for sure. What I discovered, decades of research, I now was able to actually see firsthand how much of that was validated or not validated because I got to peek behind the curtain. And I unfortunately validated almost everything that I discovered, which was the system is outdated, irrelevant, antiquated. It's full of inequities. Good people, they mean well. I still have great friends there, good astronauts, but the process hasn't changed in five decades. Imagine it's an HR process, basically. Imagine an HR process doesn't evolve with society. It becomes irrelevant automatically. Well, for five decades, you can get away with it because you're the government. So I'm grateful for that experience. Very few people do to say that they've been made it to the final round. But that frustration fuels my fire to say, I'm tired of systems that keep people back. I really am. And most of them are made up. And other than, you know, the only thing you can't change is physics. Everything else is challengeable. So I said, how do I channel this frustration to help the next generation be better and do better and be more prepared to increase their market value? We all have market value. So I wanted to combine my compassion for kids, my passion to work with groups like the military with some problem I wanted to solve that was worth solving for me. And so after some research and discussion with others, it was clear to me that the closest counterparts to the military and civilian society is athletes. They're the closest counterparts, team, vision, passion, focus. And so I combined the, my compassion to help kids and families with this, this idea of how do I help individuals that already want to do better, kids that want to perform better. And so hence the proof, the creation of Athlete Foundry is helping those kids in society who really do want to get after it. They're all still kids. Uh, and so there's the challenges that we're getting after is they still need help. They still need motivation. Kids are still lazy. That's just kids. But it's a noble, in my opinion, something that I wake up every day for and say, why do I do what I do? Every day I get punched in the face as an entrepreneur, every entrepreneur does. And I know why I'm doing it uh, because I truly believe in the future that we're going to create. It's the future that we're creating that I'm committed to. Oh, wow. That is such a lovely way to end this episode. Casey, it's, it's been, for me, eye-opening at times so spending this this time with you you know we've never met before really and it's it's like two friends just hanging out at a, a lounge of a airport and just you know vibing and, and chatting and honestly we could have had an episode recording for the whole day today with, with <laughs> there's so much there that we could have unpacked but i do really appreciate you sharing some of your personal stories amazing journey and uh, you know to see where you're going and, and the direction you're heading in a truly worthwhile initiative that you're working on i think anything that helps kids get off their gadgets and and really invest in themselves is is worth it no matter what it is so thank you once again i'll leave you with the last word casey any last bits of advice for anyone uh, who's listening to this podcast yes thank you patty for the very awesome opportunity and i can't wait to at some point, uh, break bread with you in person somewhere, whether it's England or, or here in the U.S. But uh, the, the, what I leave parents with, and this is not just Athlete Foundry, but in general, is don't ever sell your kids short. No matter what grade they're in, what current ability you think they do not have, 
don't sell your kids short because as soon as you do, your, your kid that you've lost the battle and uh, your kid is going to simply believe you and that is not true. So don't sell your kid short no matter what. It, it's a simple statement and, and I say that because I've heard it so many times from parents who say, well, I have, I would love my kid to play in college, but my, currently my kid is, he's too short, she's not fast enough, whatever those reasons are. So they say, well, I'm not going to really focus on that piece. You've lost the battle. You, you don't sell your kid short. If that's the case, we might as well all just stay in our own rooms and, and not grow. <laughs> I can totally relate to that, Casey. I, when I left high school, it was the lowest performing high school in the whole of the UK that year. So wow. when I looked at the league tables of schools, ours was right at the bottom. So really, you know, the, the, the whole world was against us. And not to say that I'm super successful, by no way am I, but... In terms of the work that I have been doing, I got to head up the agile learning for a big global bank and travel the world and see so many things and talk to so many leaders, help uh, big organizations go through agile transformation. I think I did okay, or we're doing okay. We're doing all right. So I absolutely resonate with everything you've just said there.